Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Book Dragons Reading Club. I'm your host, Brianna Lehman, and today joining me uh, is my friend, Julia, and we'll be talking about Ninth House and Hellbent by Lee Bardugo. I hope that's how you say her name. Don't quote me on it. I think that's how you say it. <laughs> As always, um, if you have not read the books, you might want to turn around and go read them before you come and listen because you're about to get a whole lot of spoilers. So if you listen before reading, don't come at me for the spoilers. That that Them's the rules, people. So, all right. Without further ado, let's get into it. Yay! <laughs> Julia's so excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, first question. Um... As read like okay well before we even start all the questions, going into ninth house, what did you think? What what were you expecting the book to be based off of like what you had heard other people say about it based off of the back of the book, and then did it like meet your expectations or do you feel like it was not living up to the hype? I I knew it was dark academia. Mm-hmm. I knew there would be lots of like dark magic. Um, and I knew uh, people, I heard from people that they were confused by um, uh, the timelines. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I feel like after reading this book, I'm like, I don't think people were confused enough. Like, <laughs> they should have been more confused about those. Like, there wasn't enough talk about that in like my circles. Yeah. And, um, I uh, I don't it's it's hard to say if it lived up to the hype because like you have to go into oh what is the hype and all of that I I can't say that it was a bad book like some books you can say oh this was this is atrocious right <laughs> like this was this was generally like a fine book yeah but oh my goodness I struggled with it <laughs> Julia was telling me before we before we started recording that um Knife House took her like two two and a half weeks to get through which knowing julia is months in anybody else's timeline yeah i just i just quit it's like first 300 pages i was just like on the verge of tears reading through sentences and i'm like i read this and it could have been doing anything else in my life and it was okay so um i could go into why but we're talking like general impressions for now for now so general impression was it was very slow the pacing was slow and then i really am a character driven reader Mm. so alex's and if we are only talking about nine's house right now right yeah so her motivations hellbent too a little bit a little bit well i mean we we're talking spoilers ninth house alex's motivations didn't make sense for the first 300 pages. Like, okay, here's what I'll say. For me, when I read a book and I say, oh, it's a good story or it's not a good story, there are two components of it. First is the story itself. Like, after I've done reading it, retrospectively, I look back and I'm like, oh. And I kind of can see the the story in my head as a puzzle. And I'm like, look at the whole picture. And I'm like, oh, this wasn't bad. Yeah. But then there's another aspect of enjoyment reading the story and learning the pieces and being with the character. And that just didn't work for me because of the order in which things were revealed. Mm. And 
I just didn't enjoy it. I felt like I learned information after it was necessary for me to learn it. Like, oh. it's like the moment was gone. Like, I feel like, oh, if only I had known this when I was reading that, I would have been so satisfied with that uh -huh. particular scene. It would have helped you feel more connected. Is more what, connected. Yeah. Or it would have been, like, a real payoff in that yeah. scene. And... Then, like, I felt like I was just tagging along after this character. There was always a sense that the character knew more than I did. And her motivations just... It, they just didn't make sense in the moment. Retrospectively, I understand why she did things the way she did. Yeah. But not in a moment. So I was very frustrated. I was like, why is even she doing this? So yeah. the experience was very frustrating. So this was, like, the first book, I think, ever that I can, like, in my memory, that I can think of and I'm... The story isn't bad, but it was, like, hard to get hard to through get it through. because it was just, like, what is it? <laughs> you know? Yeah. What yeah. about you? I, so I've, I've read it twice now. Once when I was, like, just reading it to read it and then once again for the podcast. So, and I, I actually listened to it. So I think my experience was a little different than just reading it because I didn't have my own um, it wasn't my voice, my inner voice. Like all of us have our own inner voice when we're reading, uh, or for those of us that have an inner voice, I know everybody's <laughs> brains work a little differently and it's strange, but like, for me, it's like, I'm reading to myself in my head, like quietly. And so my experience reading is always different than an audiobook because the audiobook, they, like the audiobook narrator puts on like they 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 do the inflections they do the emphasis in different mm -hmm. spots so like if i had been reading it myself i don't know what my experience would have been because my own inner inner reading would have probably been different than the audiobook so i think my experience was probably much more enjoyable than yours because the narrator has already read the book and so they know where to put the emphasis they know where to put the inflections they know how to act it out and so I really enjoyed it because um, it it was it was interesting, and I do feel like yes, it it was slow. I feel like the release of information was, um, I don't really know how to put it. The release of information was interesting. I feel like if we had known certain things earlier on, it would have changed our opinion on on um, different aspects. But I also think uh Bardugo released the information in the way that she did to make it more of a shock factor at the moment. Yeah. She was going for the big reveal instead of the character development. I felt I that too. She she just went for a lot of things there felt like they were there for the shock value. Mm -hmm. And I am not a fan of that. I don't think that it's necessarily bad. I personally am like I, I would it, rather have a character development than being shocked I mean, at something. I think it makes sense though for the type of book that that Ninth House is though. It's kind of like a, a like a dark acta dark academia mystery novel. Yeah. And so like the mystery novel well, well does do does do big reveals for the shock factor. Okay, so <laughs> I absolutely like I can't disagree, but yeah. I just I kind of feel on, at the same time that the mystery aspect there was kind of weak. Like It was a little weak. It was predictable, and the only things that you couldn't predict were those things that were there for the shock value. Uh -huh. But 
and like in the end you know the the reveal at the end with like who the villains are the villain monologues it mm-hmm. wasn't like i remember thinking that the journey was not the pay, was not worth the payoff that oh, that's okay. what i remember i'm like this I mean, is it i don't think it was worth the payoff for alex either she even says she feels like more should have been done but we'll get to that later yeah okay <laughs> yeah and yeah anyway um but yeah, I I do I do agree with you, and I, you're right. Probably I I don't know about the audiobook though, because I listened a little bit to the audio version. I, I think both of us had. I think we had different versions of the audiobook. Audio, okay, maybe. I think we had different versions. Although we we both had the same impression of the of how they portrayed Dawes, and I was like, ah. <laughs> yeah, Dawes Dawes is a cool character, but yeah. but the way the voice narrator, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just like. <laughs> Stop it. I just wanted to pull the headphones out off my ears. I'm like, who is this? <laughs> anyway, I had trouble listening to it because when I read it myself, I could control what I can skip. So sometimes like I will start reading a sentence mm. and I see the words like lines before, like I can make context and I see that, oh, I get the point. I move on with audio. Like the sentence starts, I listen like times two speed, right? And like, yeah. I'm like, I got the point and she keeps going on. And so I'm like, I got the point. So hold on, wait, wait. So you're saying that when you're, when you're physically reading a book, you like skip things? It depends. Say, if I read Terry Pratchett's books, well, I reread every sentence sometimes. I, I'm like, so reading books for me is like, so basically my library is my playlist. Yeah. I read for the story, like uh-huh. information, but I also read for, for the voice of the character. Mm-hmm. I read for the words, for how they sound, how they taste. Like I'm, I'm like a gourmand, you know, mm-hmm. like it, it, with words, like I just love it. And Libertugo's writing is like plain. It's not bad, but it's plain. It, very rarely were there moments where I was like, ah, good. There were moments like that, but it was like once in 50 pages, once in 30 pages, whereas like Terry Pratchett is like every page. I'm like, oh, wow, you know, like I need to reread this paragraph. Like sometimes you like listen the song on repeat just because you get a certain vibe. Yeah. That's the same. So with Liberdugo's writing, I had an urge to skip things a lot. Okay. Like skim through them, not skip, but skim like through. Skim through it real quick, yeah. just to get through the story. Those brick descriptions, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I get that. I now I also listen to audiobooks really quick. I I think I listen to both of them on like one point seven five speed. But then again, I can I I never listen to audiobooks on a regular speed. Like, I just can't. The the words need to stay on the same speed as my brain otherwise I ignore it um I don't know I always feel like I I when I'm reading or listening I devour things so quickly like I never skip um like skim things I mean sometimes I'll find myself like super enraptured in a book where I have to like cover up the bottom of the page so I don't like skip ahead to like see what happens because I'm like reading so fast um that I miss things but like on my first read through is when I, I'm just reading for the story. I never go back and analyze things my first time through on my second time through is when I start actually trying to analyze. And so that's, that's like the difference with me. I I always go my first, my first read through, my first read through is just for the experience. 
okay. of, of the book and the story, how the author meant it to be experienced that first time. Mm-hmm. And then on my second or third or fourth, depending on if, if it's like Sarah J. Moss, I'll read it. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, yeah. um, then I start looking for like, oh, that was foreshadowing. Oh, this is a really cool parallel to this part in the second mm-hmm. book. Or like, oh, and so like on my second listen through, I was like, that was foreshadowing. That was foreshadowing. Oh, Here's okay. more foreshadowing. That's a really cool parallel to this character over here. That's a really cool parallel. Mm-hmm. And so, like, on my second time through, I almost enjoyed it. I uh, No, I did enjoy it more because I rated it higher on my book app that I have. I rated it higher than I rated it the first time because I enjoyed it more because I was looking for the little things yeah. on the second time through. I thought about that, too, because I listened to, after I read it, after I read Ninth House, I listened to some book reviewers that I like. And it seems to me that people who were, like, fans of Lee Bardugo, Mm -hmm. they, like, gave Ninth House a chance right away. Like, they they stayed with it, and and they persevered through the, like, bricks of paragraphs of Mm. nonsensical descriptions, just because they're like, oh, this is Lee Bardugo, you know? As for me, this was the first book of hers that I finished. So I didn't have this trust with her, like an author where I was like, oh, I can trust this, this, this author can deliver. I I heard that she can, but I haven't experienced it personally. Yeah. Like with Terry Pratchett, you know, going in, I'm going to love it. So I'm, I'm sticking it out no matter what is happening. Like it's the same with me and Sarah J. Moss. Like Mm -hmm. I love Sarah J. Moss. So of course I'm going to read it. Even if the first book or two or three (laughs) thrown a glass (laughs) is really (laughs) slow, but <clears throat> then the rest of the story is amazing and I know Sarah can deliver on her character yeah. development and her relationships yeah. and so even if the first book or two or three again throne of glass <laughs> just in case you didn't hear that in case you didn't hear it the first time um I'm still gonna stick it out because I love the author and I know she can deliver but like like you said this was your first time first time finishing a Lee Bardugo book. Yeah, I think I think that's a good point to make for for people who listen and yeah. you know, I, if you want to love Lee Bardugo, probably don't start with Ninth House. Like start with Six of Crows, I would say. I would say the same thing. Yeah. I've read I've read I have not read Six of Crows, but I've heard really great things about it. Mm-hmm. But same. I've read I read Shadowbone. Okay. Um and like it was interesting, but I've heard that Six of Crows is miles past even that. Mm-hmm. And I thought Shadow and Bone was pretty good, but it's more of a YA, and and Ninth House is just so totally, completely different. Yeah. There's nowhere. I mean, the Grisha verse is totally different yeah. in general from Ninth House. Ninth House was Lee Bardugo's first adult, um, adult. drawing adult. Yeah, yeah. but but the, just speaking about that trust, you know, yeah, because yeah. if I, I I've read adult fiction too, it's not a like it's not that. What she did here is a feature of any adult fiction. No. It's it's a particular feature of this book that yes. it's like so sluggish, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you need to have the trust with an author. Yeah. You know, you need to know that she can deliver a story for you and you can feel satisfied at the end yeah. to not struggle <laughs> reading through it. Which yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I I will definitely say this. If not for the podcast, I would have probably given up on page 70. Okay. Which my favorite moment of two both books 
of of Ninth House and Hailbend was one hundred twelve and page one hundred twelve and thirteen in the Ninth House. Okay. There was a moment that hasn't been like topped. It was like number one moment in the both two books, and yeah, okay. that was the moment when I felt like first time like it was page one hundred twelve, and I was like, hmm. I think at least like that character. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like it was like first moment. And I'm like, mm, maybe I should continue reading just because of this. Just you know? because of this. Okay. And then it turned out horrible. Anyway, oh. my expectation just went like on like into the toilet. Oh, anyway, no. but like I I I I sticked with it. You know, yeah. stuck stuck stuck. What's happening with me? <laughs> anyway, you know what I mean. Yeah. 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 All right. So now that we've gotten those like first impressions, so wait, so wait, that was that was our impression of Ninth House. Yeah. After Ninth House, what were your expectations for Hellbent? Um, I was like, yeah, Darlington, please come back because you were the only <laughs> ray of sunshine here. I mean, I have my things, you know, yeah, that yeah. I'm like, Darlington, wait a second, hold yeah, on, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Not sure. Darlington, but Lee Bardugo, and like yeah, there are some things that I'm just like I can't my, wrap my mind around it. Even still, I remember like complaining to my husband, and like he has to listen to me for like hours complaining about books, <laughs> poor thing. And poor thing. <laughs> I was like, how is this possible? But yeah, yeah, yeah. later it's it's like um you know I'm I'm hyping people up yeah, for the yeah. later yeah. discussion, but um. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, they're going to go to hell, yeah. you know, uh, to save Darlington first, because they say it in the end of the ninth house. Yeah. And then the second book is called Hellbent, so. Yeah, I, was yeah, like, I mean, it's know. obvious they're, they're trying. <laughs> two, two plus two is four, so. Um, yeah. I, okay, so I had, um, my expectations were that the second book would be easier to read, because I already had a lot of knowledge about the world and the mm. character so yeah. it wasn't as much like understanding the magic system and everything yeah I felt a little bit easier about stepping into like like you know I feel like okay so at least we have like we know what we are talking about like yeah. the author and me right so yeah so we know this the story and then once I saw that there were again was it were again these dual timelines yeah I freaked out and I'm like, I can't do it again. This is horrible. <laughs> but it was way better done in the Hellbent. So, yeah. and it was less of a jumping. Yeah, I feel like it was less jumping. Yeah, and and that helped a lot. It, the, there was a little bit of it. It wasn't as as like nuts ish. Yeah, it was a, wasn't as nut ish as yeah. as Ninth House. So it yeah. was it was good. What yeah. what about you? What did you expect from the second book? I. I mean, I was obviously expecting them to go to hell. I was just like, yeah, they're going to go. I, um... <laughs> Why not? I was a little... I was a little shocked when what I felt was the big climax came in the middle of the book. Like, it was the middle of the book and they go to hell and I'm just like, that, that, that was the big climax. We have half another, like, I was looking and I was, I was listening to the audiobook and I'm like, I've got eight more hours. What, what else is there? Are you talking <laughs> about happening? the time when they went there and you got stories from different perspectives? What happened to them? Are you no, talking about that I, time? That I was mean, the second yeah. time. No, that was the first time they went to hell. The first time they went to hell is when 
they I mean when they were descending into hell yeah we got all the stories yeah, from, yeah. from well they they tried access hell first in the one of the society oh, rooms. Well, yeah no I'm not talking I, about that I kind of counted that as the first attainment oh, to get darling oh no, no no I'm talking about when they actually did the gauntlet and went yeah. down to hell the first yeah. time um yeah. I was like this is like this is the big moment it's I've got eight hours left what else is gonna happen and then she of course built it back up and and then there was another big climax that I was like that it felt like even the ending felt like a little bit to me it felt less like less of a climax than the, the middle, middle. Of and the I, book. Just, I and agree it, I, I felt like the pacing was a little off but I I also felt like it was easier like Alex as a character was a little bit more confident in what she was doing and so I felt more confident as a listener mm-hmm. like with what was going on I wasn't like Alex, I wasn't spinning in circles like a chicken with his head cut off trying to figure out what do I do? Yeah. What's going on here? It felt much more like it felt more fast paced, obviously. Mm, yeah. Um, and then it just the story was a little easier to follow, like you said, because there was less jumping around. Yeah. And less different perspectives. Mm-hmm. It was, again, the second book is so much different than the first one. So mm-hmm. I, I don't want to, like, jump from topic to topic. Because right, right. we can talk about that later if yeah, we want to. Yeah. But they they were just, like, the first one was a murder mystery. Yeah. Like, big time. Like, it was big time. That was a big Tara, was, Tara, yeah. Tara. You only heard Tara all yeah. the time. She There's was killed, second. blah, blah, blah. Second one's like, oh, somebody was killed. Mm, we are curious. Mm, at the end, ah, oh, it was just a game. Huh, whatever. Goodbye. Yeah. Like, it was just like, what? Yeah, yeah like, the murder mystery took a backseat so, in the second book. I think if there were no murder mystery at all in this book, nothing would have changed. Like, it didn't oh, impact yeah, anything. No, like, it didn't. It didn't impact anything at all. I mean... At all. Like... They were distracted from... from uh, uh, What? Because they were like, oh, the demon killed uh, these people because he wanted to distract you. From what? They were busy getting Darlington out. They were busy anyway. They yeah. distracted from... They were distracted and, like... You know, they were, like, obsessed with getting him out. Yeah. Like, there was no need to kill kill those people. So I feel like the mystery was in there just because it was in the first book. And it's like, uh, you know, Possibly. like, yeah. like oh, Alex, Galaxy's turn, uh, whatever this is, saga or whatever. <laughs> oh, murder mysteries, you know, we need to have one at least. Sorry, I'm being very uh, sarcastic, but... um. <laughs> You know, I'm just, okay, I've just spent the whole day trying to finish the Hellbent, right? So I'm like, Alex's turn, Galaxy's yeah. turn sarcasm was very contagious. So you yeah. have to, like, yeah. bear with me. But, um, yeah, the murder mystery in the second one was just ridiculous. It, it was not, like, it was, take it out, nothing changes. Yeah, I did feel like the, the murder mystery aspect in, in Hellbent was lackluster. Compared to exactly. the murder mystery aspect in Ninth House, mm-hmm. I do I do think I was a little disappointed. Um, looking back on it, I was a little disappointed by the by the murder mystery aspect in Hellbent, but everything else in Hellbent was so much was so good that I was yeah. I I didn't really care honestly. Yeah, lot lots of things were much better. Than yeah, it, it feels like Liberdugo took into her heart all the comments about Ninth House, and she's like, I'm gonna do better, which. Huge yeah. respect to her for that. Yeah. She overdid some things. I will point them out when we talk about 9,000. But... Really, oh, think, 
Hellbent. For me, Hellbent seemed more a little bit more like a like an Indiana Jones movie. Okay. Because it seemed more like like you know that for half the book they're hunting down this gauntlet and they're they're like looking for clues. So it feels more it feel it felt more like where they were hunting for treasure, like a treasure hunt. Yeah, yeah, I yeah I feel that. <laughs> so so that I I think the vibe was a little bit less Sherlock Holmes, more Indiana Jones. Yeah. For me. Yeah. Um, but. Back to the nine house. <laughs> Question one. Back Two hours later. Question one. Now that we've talked for like half an hour on that, I don't know. Okay. So, question one. As readers, we're very much thrown into the deep end right at the beginning of the book with that prognostication that Alex is in. Um, like Alex was when Darlington just disappeared in the middle of her training. Um how do you think that the slow release of key facts along with the at times overwhelming amount of information we received play a role in shaping how we view Alex and the magic system of Ninth House? So we talk about Alex or magic system now? Oh, either or. Which one do you want to start with? Let's start with Alex because okay. the main character. Yeah, how do, how does how does all of that like the the writing and the slow release of information and the amount of information that we receive covering up some of the facts, how does that play into the shaping of Alex in your brain during during Ninth House? Honestly, as I said, the very first moment where I was like, mm, maybe it's worth reading, it was page 112. Yeah. Till that point, I didn't feel Alex as a character at all. Um, she is... Flat. She felt like... Yeah, she felt flat and she was a very confusing character because she would witness really horrendous things Yeah, and choose not to even give her opinion. Like in her head, she was like, you know, like, I don't want to think anything about it. Yeah. I will, I'll, I'll shut up. I will not like, you know, and so she's just that. And you and like I was disgusted with her at first. I was like, "Whoa!" Then you start learning a little bit of her backstory. Yeah. And then out of the blue, blue, she starts doing these reckless things to protect people who she doesn't even know. But I feel like her character was so lost between the narrative present and flashbacks. Okay. It was like constant whiplash. Yeah. And the problem is that I feel like consciously or I don't know, but it felt like what, what was done in the book is that by giving us flashbacks, it was kind of justify, justified why she would do certain things in the narrative present, which didn't make sense at all. Because, because for her, we started in the narrative present. She was, you know, oh, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to act. I'm not going to react. And we learned something from the flashbacks. In the narrative presence, she starts reacting. But if you didn't have a flashback, it would just be out of the blue. And it did feel out of the blue. Like, hmm. as a reader, I started understanding. As I said, there was a lot of this, like, in the moment reading and then kind of retrospectively thinking about it. But, like, there was nothing that would, like move her you know and then like she starts um investigating tara's murder pretty early on yeah out of the blue and closer towards the end we know we learn about Haley. yeah and what happened to her which 
which kind of retrospectively explains her motivation. Yeah. But we don't know that in a moment. Right. Like, we're like, my my question was like, but why? You know? <laughs> like, I think, why? Honestly, I think, I think Lee Bardugo wanted us to ask why. Why is she so interested in this? Why is she, why is she pushing when she's been told to relax? And she even asks herself that question. If you remember, she's like, I was told rest easy stand down so why am i why am i pursuing this why mm-hmm. am i interested in this why am i taking the hard road when i could take the easy road? my problem with it is that i didn't didn't care because i didn't care about her as a character mm. like if it was i i i i don't know like if it was me 12 year old me reading harry potter out of the blue he i love character right when i'm 12 he starts doing something um, you know, I don't even care if it makes sense. I love the character. And then I learned why he did that. And I'm like, oh, poor Harry, you know? Like, you know, I'm like some galaxy stern, you know, decided that she's a detective. I'm like, whatever, yeah. you know? So like, and again, I said, it was a weird feeling, like retrospectively thinking about the story. It kind of made sense here and there. And I felt for her and I felt angry for certain moments, you know, for the character with her. But, like, I'm like, I wish I could have it in a moment. You know, I don't want to just understand it. I I read books to basically, real like, live through moments that are not mine. Like, ah. that's why I connect, love, like, I love reading because I connect to a character and then I can live with them. And ah. for me, reading a book is so much more about... And that, that, that's, I think, also maybe helpful for, for people who are like me, right? Who are listening. They're like, oh, if I'm like that, probably I won't enjoy it. Because, like, there's just, like, this information play. And you kind of feel cheated in a lot of ways sometimes. Mm-hmm. But, like, you don't get the moment. Okay, can I point out something? Like, yeah. for example, there was this moment. There was this moment. <laughs> when Bellhelm, oh, Professor. Uh, Bellbaum. Bellbaum, Stuchka. She comes to her, right? And she's yeah. like. Okay, so for example, um, this professor comes to Alex, and she's like, Alex, I need to talk to you, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so blah, 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 they go to this room, and this professor that you just said, she's yeah. like, Alex, I want to offer you, like, a summer work internship. Yeah. And, like, and, and uh, um, Alex is, like, in her head, my savior, I will be able to stay at Yale. And she starts, like being so happy and she's like i can't believe okay i would have loved as a reader to know that she was worried about it like a page before at least you didn't so think that she was worried leading up to that no really? no you didn't no because i noticed like i noticed that when she was talking because up until like before that point she was she was talking about studying with mercy and then she saw bell bomb and she mentioned like, oh no, Bell Bomb's looking at me. And yeah. She references a meeting that they had about her grades and her performance in yeah. school. Well, that's not what I'm talking about. That's different. That's different. No, because that that points out like she she already feels like she doesn't belong at Yale. She doesn't honestly. If you really yeah. look at it, she doesn't belong there. And so she's already she already feels like an outcast. But here's what I mean. I I don't mean that. I read that. I remember like. Yeah, and it felt like it felt like a forced setup for that conversation. Yeah. I mean like kind of a little bit pages before that having her like 
fearing that or like thinking through, okay, if I'm kicked out of Yale, I'll have to do this or that. Like thinking through plans because that's what you do if you're, you're freaking out. It's like, oh, my grades are bad. Like that's not enough. So like I didn't get a sense that this was important to her, like how much it was important to her. Mm. So here's, here's my point. The way she reacted after she learned the news that she was offered the job mm-hmm. was like, it, it, I, it was again, like a whiplash for me. I'm like, oh, we are happy. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, so it was not balanced. And there was this, so Alex for me, she, she became more of a character in the second book. Mm-hmm. And I, all the instances where I like Alex is when she's with with someone else. Whenever it's she on her her on her own, mm. and in her own head, mm. I I can't. I just like I just she's she goes in circles in her head yeah. with her introspection. It's like the same thing. That's why I skimmed, because she would repeat things. You know, mm. like all like over and over. Even like same words like uncanny, 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 Kimball, 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 Kimball. Like, yeah, I got it. You know, if I see a, a word cannonball in a sentence, I know what the sentence is about. Uh-huh. Right? <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Or if I see a word like leafy, uncanny, I know what the sentence is about. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's why, yeah, but talking about Alex, she, her, some of her dialogue lines are just stellar cool. But again, that's an aspect of her kind of rubbing off of some characters like Turner or Darlington, right? Mm-hmm. Then she's cool. Well, whenever she's on her own, I don't know. I don't know. I I, I kind of disagree with you. I love bit. it. I kind of disagree great. with you a little bit. Because, like, I get, like, there were some moments where I was frustrated with Alex. And I'm just like, really? Like, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm looking at her and I'm like, that was a really stupid mistake. You should have thought it through a little bit more. I mean, we kind of get into this, get into this a little bit later with Alex. Like, how she doesn't really think. She just rushes Mm-hmm. into action without really thinking it through and that has really been a problem throughout her entire life it's why it's why her background was so horrendous she now yeah. i know she was running from a lot of things in in her background i mean this whole her whole life she's been able to see these things that people think she's crazy for and then she comes to yale because she's because they're like oh wait you're not actually crazy no these things are real you just can see them for whatever reason even though nobody else can and that's why we want you and so she's just like oh great so okay so i'm not crazy and so she's having to cope with that because she's been keeping herself in a drug-induced haze for how many years since she was like 11 i think honestly probably even younger yeah yeah. she's been keeping herself in a drug-induced haze just to keep them at bay because she didn't know what she was dealing with and then she finally gets to yale she gets there she already knows she's an outcast she already knows she doesn't belong and so when she gets there she's just trying to do her best to not have to go back to yeah. Los Angeles because she knows if she goes back there's lots of questions that have been left unanswered with what happened at Ground Zero um, and she doesn't really have anybody like her mom there is a very tenuous relationship between her and her mom for a lot of reasons I mean she like a typical drug addict she was like stealing things from her mom and pawning it so that she could buy drugs she was her mom would put her in scared straight programs. Her mom would put her in like psych wards because she thought she was crazy when all these terrible things were happening to her when she was growing up. So like, there's just this really tenuous relationship between her and her mom. So there's really nothing for her in Los Angeles. 
so we know seeing her in again this really this this release of information doesn't happen all at once so we do not know this at the beginning exactly of the yeah we, that's we, the problem and that's the problem for you that's the problem for that's you. what i said rest yeah ex- you are just quoting my retrospective thoughts yeah. and i absolutely agree as i yeah. say retrospectively i think and as i say everything makes sense her motivations yeah. make sense in the moment though it was a struggle mm-hmm. in the moment though like mm-hmm. as i said i would read a scene and i'm like it's like she robbed her story of suspense and payoff in a moment, mm-hmm. in a sense. Like, mm-hmm. it's like she went for, like, reveals, information, and all of that, like, as if it was a priority. And I'm sure that people who are like that or, like, who can, like, for whom that's important and enough in a book, yeah. that will be such a satisfying book. Yes. For me, as someone who loves to be in a moment with the character, yeah. I felt like I, I felt... Like, I was pushed out of the story by the story. Like, that's how I felt. I felt like I was, like, trying to sneak into something that... You know, like, you you come into a company of people. Yeah. And, like, you see that they don't want to hang out with you. Uh, That's how I felt with the story. Because I'm like... Okay. and And then afterwards, after I read the story, I sat there and I'm like... Well, retrospectively, you know, I see it all as a puzzle in my head. It makes sense and I like it. But, like, the journey was awful. Okay. That's I what think, I'm saying. Yeah. I think I I think my the way of I don't really know like you explained the way you read stories and put them together and the way you enjoy them so well. I do not understand <laughs> how I read and enjoy stories. I just know if I like it or if I don't. Okay. Um and so like I don't know. I feel like if I can sit there, if I remember the story in a month. I like it. Oh, that's if a I good. Can, if I can way. connect with the characters, even at all, like some of sometimes, like no, but like I felt, I felt for Alex. No, I was very frustrated with her throughout a good portion of this book. Mm-hmm. But again, it, there was like, she, like we said, she's she's just rushing into things. She's yeah. not making smart decisions. But that's from the outside looking in, like you know. Who's to say if we were in the same exact circumstances, we wouldn't have done the same thing. We can't know. I was thinking about it this morning. I was like, "Hmm." we can't know what we would do in those circumstances. Um, But yeah, it's, but I, I, I feel like I, looking back, I really did enjoy Ninth House and Hellbound um, and Alex's character, even though I was frustrated with her a lot. um, I do feel like she's, she is able to stand on her own, but like you said, she does shine a little bit brighter when other people are around. Yeah. Yeah. She's not a horrible character. Mm-hmm. I I mean, yeah. she's flat in the beginning. It's hard to understand her motivation. She's confusing as a character. Yeah. Um, she's much better in the second book, as I've said. And I think because we've gotten to know her. Exactly. But because we've gotten to know her, I think that Answering the the question with like with held with holding information, I think. So here's my theory. Yeah. It might have done some good to the story mm-hmm. and to the way the things were revealed, and so the way the reader perceived certain things and aspects of the story. Yeah. But I think my personal opinion, which I I think most people, especially people who love this book, will disagree with me. I think it hindered the book more. Like, it it could have been done smoother 
And the some of the reveals could have come earlier. Okay. Like, okay, if I knew... Yeah, be specific. Okay, so it was really hard for me because she would keep talking about Hallie, 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 and, and how she no was... no idea who Hallie was. And, and the way the sentences were structured, I knew that there was information withheld. Not yes. because it wasn't given flashbacks, but like, they were so vague, like, oh, what she had done to Hallie, or something yeah. like that. Like, And yeah. I'm like, or I like was so... at ground zero. Like... Exactly. I was yeah. so annoyed by that because I'm like... I knew the only reason why I don't get this information now and just a hint, hint, hint is because it's going to be a big reveal in the end, you know? And I'm like, but there is no reason why I can't know it now. Like, because I'm in the character's head, the the character is thinking it, but I'm not seeing it. So that's how I say, I say like, I felt pushed out of the story because, like, there were things that were overhinted at, yeah. but not revealed and it was, and there were so many names. You had to like, fo- I feel like Lee Bardugo just expects you to like, you know, it's like, I'll start talking about my book. You don't know anything about my book. I'll start yeah. talking about my book, calling out characters. You don't even know who they are. And I'll just, that's how I felt. Like, I'm like, I don't people who, you know, like, <laughs> and like this, uh, it took me a while to get used to uh, people at Yale, you know, like there are just so many characters in there. Mm-hmm. And, like, you just know Galaxy Stern, Alex, Alexandra, Darlington, and Dawes, basically, and, pretty much. And yeah, Sandow. And, and Mercy. And Mercy and, and Laurel. Lauren, but, like, Lauren is such a side character. Yeah, she but basically Mercy and, and yeah. Lauren, for a lot, a lot of the portion of the book, I just want in. They're, like, roommates, you yeah, know, like, roommates. one thing. <laughs> Mercy and Lauren. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Until yeah. the endish, yeah. Yeah. What did you think, getting into the magic system, what did you think of magic? Like, it, it, I know this is dark, ac- dark, ac- dark academia. My goodness, I couldn't say that. Okay. I know this is, like, dark academia. I hadn't really, like, this is kind of my first, I feel like my first real foray into dark academia. I'm not, Same. I've... I've never, I don't really even understand what dark, dark academia is as a genre. Maybe that's not a good thing to say on a podcast. I don't really understand. I'm in the same box. What the genre even is. And so I was just like, oh, dark academia. Cool. So what am I getting into? Like, I, I didn't even really understand it. But then the magic, like, the gruesome and graphic nature of the magic kind of threw me for a loop being such a big fantasy person i like like alex kind of points out in the book like um i had this very like magic is graceful magic is mm. magic is uh magic is beautiful magic is pretty magic is cool is there to it's there to be helpful yeah. it's there to be awesome and then we see them literally cutting some guy open and digging around in his guts to make predictions about the stock market and i'm just like that's so gross like yeah i it was really gross i liked not the grossness but i liked the way it was thought through it feels like lee bardugo really worked on you know she she wrote out what the societies were doing and how 
Okay, so the only complaint I would have with, with Magic System is that um, sometimes the introductions of some MacGuffins and things felt like they were there just to serve the purpose of that specific scene because they would oh. never appear again. Like coins yeah. don't appear in Hellbent, yeah. mushrooms don't appear in Hellbent, but you get a whole bunch of... We'll get to Hellbent. Yeah. Um, so there was a little bit of that, but... Um, in the whole, like, with, like, in, in the context of both book, it, books, it feels like I had a sense of, like, oh, you know, like, this is what magic system is, and I feel like somebody, if somebody told me, like, an aspect of a magic system, I'd be like, oh, this would fit into this magic system, because mm -hmm. I understand the, the, I feel like I liked the magic system. Yeah, I liked the the mechanics were mechanics more they, than the character. <laughs> they they made sense. Yes, like the way that yeah, like once you got that view of the prognostication, which was really cool. Opening up like seeing just the prognostication. Mm -hmm. I mean, we actually opened up seeing her in the with the wound with the wound, yeah. and then we jumped back in time, and uh, I was very and confused. It, I was it just didn't like, make sense at yeah. all, but. You know, we've already talked about that. Yeah. Yet. But, um, but yeah, I was, I was like, we open up seeing her go into this prognostication. And I'm like, oh, okay, so this is what we're getting into with this magic system. Like, it's going to be, there are going to be lots of hard and fast rules that you can't break. And there's not going to be like fancy little loopholes that, that I feel like other fantasy books leave open these mm -hmm. fancy little loopholes that the yeah. characters seem to slip through. Yeah. Um, whereas, like, in this one, if you want to do magic, you had to have an artifact or you had to have a tomb. You could I not liked do it. magic I liked it. that. It was yeah. annoying that Alex was a superhero and all, but also with her power, the fact that she needed a ghost around was a great yeah. limitation. Yeah, like, she couldn't just use her wheelwalker power unless there was a gray. Unless there was a gray, until Arlington started glowing <laughs> around her. That was... Yeah, like, whatever. I will unread it, unsee it, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was interesting. But, I mean... I was like, I don't have to have a strong opinion on glowing parts of the body. <laughs> yeah, that was... I, yeah. Back to 9,000. <laughs> we'll just, okay. We'll just walk. Sorry, I just had to say that. Yeah, that was interesting. Um, Magic system was good. That's what yeah. I was going to say. I, I think it was very... I mean, I'm definitely not an expert. I think Ryan, right? Ryan would be much better person to talk about magic. I think he's like an expert on those things. Mm. I'm not. But like from a very like basic understanding of magic systems that i have and from the books that i've read i would give it an a yeah maybe not an a plus but an a you know what i mean like yeah. it was good yeah and i think the reveal of magic system elements was much better than the reveal of character um development and reveal of character like you know moments and flashbacks and information about the character Magic system was done much better in the ninth house. Yeah. Okay. Moving on, we kind of get back. We we get back into Alex's like mentality going into Yale and how she might view things a little differently. Um. So 
when Alex, she she kind of wakes up in her hospital bed. She gets a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity when she's offered her scholarship to Yale as part of Lethe. Um, and her viewpoint throughout the book of her standing at Yale, her standing in Lethe, her standing with her classmates, and her inside knowledge of how the rich and powerful use the houses at Yale provide a very interesting perspective, I think, on the struggle and the power play between um, the rich and the elite and the privileged and those who are not rich or elite or privileged. Um, like Alex is coming in, having been living in squalor as a drug addict, and then she comes in and people are just casually being like, oh, I ran to Ikea and I got this couch for us. And she's just like, what? what? Like, and some guy's on a yacht club and he's in, he's there on daddy's money and he doesn't understand that people struggle. Like there's, there's that very much a clear divide between um, how people, like how she views the privilege of these people and how they view their own privilege. Yeah. How um, how do you think the view Alex gives is different or the same to the one you have of, like, these prestigious institutions and the power that the rich and the privileged hold? Because I think it was a very, I think, I think Ninth House, one of the big things in it was they were talking, she was very much trying to point out how different it is with the rich and privileged and those who are not and how they move through the world much easier. Do you want to answer that first or do you want me to go? Um, you go, because I'm, I'm kind of still forming, forming my answer. Same, okay, but I, st- I still, I, I, I have, I have like a kicking yeah. off point, yeah, so yeah, maybe yeah, that yeah. will help us. Yeah, it'll help. Um, I don't, uh, I'm not sure. Okay, so all of the, these are my, perspective of the book and yeah. my opinions right i don't think that there was necessarily so much of like a commentary on that social aspect oh. in a book because the book doesn't necessarily say this is good this is bad it just st- states the facts like yeah oh this is how the things are the powerful do these things but now with magic and i'm like yeah like, mm-hmm. they've always been doing these things, and if magic existed, they would be doing these things with magic. And you're like, duh. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> and, but then there's nothing else. Like, the book just shows you that that exists, but doesn't say anything about it. Pretty much. Mm. If we talk about, like, poor versus rich, right? Like, I'm like, I don't, I don't think that the book, I, and I, I'm not saying it as, like, this is bad. I just don't think that the book tried. And if it did, it failed. Oh, like, okay. in my opinion. Like, and it's okay that it doesn't say it. If it didn't try to, it's okay that it doesn't say anything about those things. Like, mm-hmm. as a commentary, like social commentary. It's just fine that it portrays it. And definitely gives, like, a very realistic portrayal, though, uh-huh. of, like, how it is in the world, you know? And, like, I my personal, like, how is it different from Alex's? I'm like, yeah, this sorry shit exists like 
I come from a very poor family. Yeah. Like I've and I've also been very rich at some point in my life. So I've been on both sides. You've been on both sides. Of the I've been on both sides of the spectrum, and and I think that it's a good portrayal of like you just said that, you know, when when people are rich, they don't like. They don't know what they have, yeah. you know. And Alex is someone who doesn't have that. Like I like how she. I mean, I like how the author showed Alex, you know, constantly like, ooh, food, you know, like trying to sneak out food. That was fun. I mean, fun in a good way that, you know, like it shows that it's consistent. it was consistent with her character. And then and then my favorite, one of the favorite Alex moments when she was on her own, probably the only favorite, was when she cried over a t-shirt like yeah. and t tank top. Yeah. When yeah. when Dawes like uh, cut it on on her and she and she was like didn't cry, like killing people but she yeah. cried because of that. Because this was she she went to Target and she bought it for herself. Yeah. And, yeah. and that was really authentic. I I had moments like that. Like yeah. that feels true when you're poor and you don't have stuff and you have this one thing that you like and it it gets destroyed for people who have money and opportunities it's just like go get another one yeah. and they don't understand what it means to you yeah. especially if you could buy it with like your own money yeah. you know like yeah. that you earned or yeah. gotten for whatever yeah um that was really cool i think i think right yeah but I, I don't think there was a commentary necessarily i i i'm gonna have to disagree a little bit I'm gonna, I love it. I love it. I love I'm gonna, it. I'm gonna have to disagree because I think that, um, like, there was a heavy commentary where Alex continually showed how frustrated she was, and it, even more so towards the end. But she was so frustrated how the people at these houses were able, everything got covered up for them. It didn't matter what they did because they had the rich and powerful just being like, oh, we'll just shush it up because we don't want people to find out what we're doing. And so we'll just keep it quiet and we'll pay people off on the back end and nobody's going to get any consequences. Like, it'll be like, a, Oh, you shouldn't have done that, but they're still, they're still going to be able to do things. Like at the end of the book, um, the, what was it? Scroll and key. Yeah. The society, the society, who, dealt the drugs. society who dealt the drugs and is the reason for Tara's murder and, and Mercy being date raped, and all of those other girls being date raped by um, what's his face, Brad Blake, 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 Blake. I can't remember his name. Keely, Blake Keely, yeah, Blake, douchebag on an epic level. Yeah, oh, he made me so mad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was one instance where where when Alex was just like she stopped trying to hide behind the mask and she came out. I was just like. Yes. Uh -huh. This. Give me more of this, Alex. I want this, Alex, because this yeah. makes sense to me. But it, because she became that Avenger, right? Mm -hmm. She became that Avenger of friends. And I'm just like, yes, give it to me. Get, get, get him back for what he did. Make him eat yeah. shit out of a toilet. Like, make him do it. I want to see it. I want to see more of that. And that's, that's when I honestly feel like I really started to connect with Alex the character he avenged mercy for the date rape that blake gave to her but yeah again we don't see anybody else coming down on any of those rich boys we don't see anybody else like and and scrolling key got away with a slap on the wrist Al alex even said they should have if it hadn't been a funding year because leafy needed money because they were always beggars at the table as she called them 
they wouldn't have been able to perform magic for like an entire year. They would have been banned from using their tomb. They might have even been stripped of their tomb. You know what I just thought of? And I think maybe that's a good discussion. I don't I don't know where it's going to lead us, but I yeah. just had this thought. And I'm like, is it worth saying? But um, it's not like to disagree with you. It's just to add to the discussion, maybe. Mm. Maybe it will like help you like even broaden your yeah, yeah. your disagreement. But in a sense, Alex, by being at Yale, is kind of in the middle of the... So- like, She's kind of in the middle of this kind of muddy waters that we have yeah. in society. So she's at Yale on somebody's place. So some other kid could have gotten there yeah. who has much better grades, yeah. who studied harder. Yeah. She's there just because of her talent. Just because of her talent, yeah. yeah. But also, she does a lot of bad things. She does a lot of creepy things. And she doesn't get in trouble because... Because they need her. Her, they need her because of her powers. So yeah. even though she doesn't have money, yeah, and she she has leverage yeah. with her powers. So yeah. basically, and I'm not saying that I put her on the same place with her, but I'm just saying that there's another aspect. To there it. is another aspect to it, and that's why I'm saying that I don't see the book as trying to make a commentary. Like it clearly, very vividly portrays yeah. the the way it is, the facts yeah. about the world. But with the way Alex got into Yale and the way things are with her, even in the second book, it just continues on until, you know, like, she never gets in trouble much. And most of it because, like, either she uses power, like mushroom or coins to Mm -hmm. uh, to control people. Like, she abuses her powers a lot of times. Same way people abuse their richness Uh or their statue status right so that's why i'm saying like i don't know what the book is trying to say Mm. if it's trying to say anything and i think it's not trying to say anything we can look at it we can Mm -hmm. we can try to pull the strings which is i think great like okay as a person you and any person or me if i if we read a book and we try to find lessons in them Mm -hmm. that's always great But that only means that we are awesome. We are awesome. Not that the book is trying or achieving at something. You know what I mean? So you don't think you don't think Lee was trying to say anything with this? I don't. I mean, if she was, for me, she failed because I don't see a statement. Like when a book makes a commentary on social things, like again, Terry Pratchett does commentary on social society, like you know, things yeah. all the time in his books in Discworld. It's clear. Like, you read a book and you're like, oh, Terry Pratchett is trying to say this. Yeah. Right? So that's a commentary. I mean, for me, what I was really trying to get at is with all of with all of the stuff that happens, we see, like, yeah, you said, like, as you said, yeah, we see it stated as fact like the way the world is. But we see the characters are angry at that. Yeah, we true. see, and and we and we as characters are like, this should not be happening. They should get consequences. There should be consequences for all this stuff. And for Alex too, though. For Alex too. I mean, yeah. Yeah. But most of the time, when Alex is doing stuff, it's in retaliation for something that has been done to her. And so I see it more like I think us as readers are a little bit more like, oh, that's a little bit justified though, because she's just she's just pushing back against a system that's against her. 
you know? And so I think, I think what the commentary would be at that point is like, this is the way that society is right now. And we should be mad at it. And we should be trying to push back. Maybe. But people aren't. We're just going with it. We're not paying attention. I Maybe. think I think that's more of what the commentary was in that aspect. I don't think it's that she didn't do anything with it. I think that by making all those statements that she mm-hmm. did, she's trying to point out, like, this is the way our society is right now. And there's a problem with that. Like, we see the problem with it in the book of Yale, of how... Of how the Yale in the story is. I, I mean, I've never been to Yale. I don't know what it's like. Yeah, I, I can't say that it's true or not. But like, I it's mean, it's true for the book. I mean, it's true for the book. <laughs> but like, um, but like with the way the society is there, it's yeah. making a parallel to the way the society. I, is I, I, yeah, I, I see your your point, and and um, I think that there's, yeah, I just, I just haven't thought about that from that perspective. Like, it's covered up by the rest of the story. Exactly. You have to really look for it. So. Yeah. And and that's I honestly I get a little bothered by by really looking super deep into stories. Like I always hated it in in literature classes when they were like, "Why do you think the author of this poem made the curtains blue?" I don't think I think because the author liked blue. Like or the curtains were blue. The curtains were blue. Like yeah. doesn't really they- they're not to say that they're so deep yeah. and depressed that yeah. they're they're covering to the outside world is blue like they're like they're so that's what I, that's what i'm saying like yeah, yeah yeah like it's not in it's not glaring okay mm-hmm. if she was trying to say something and be loud she yeah. failed that's what i mean like okay, okay. if you dig deep you can find things there yeah, absolutely yeah. but i'm like she wasn't loud enough i didn't okay. hear her commentary i don't know what she tried to say yeah. i saw a real portrayal of the world, not as a commentary on what she thinks about that world. Okay. That's kind of thing. And I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> I think books yeah. are first and foremost entertainment. Oh, for sure. They are not commentary. So it's, sure. it's not bad that there is no, well, no mean, social commentary. Some, some, some authors we know are commentary. Like yeah. Margaret Atwood, um, yeah. Handmaid's Tale, that is for sure. But like in, so, in general, like, people in don't general. read books for yeah. commentary. No, They're like, entertain me. I know. And that's, that's my big pet peeve too with like, yeah, that's like my big, that's another pet peeve of mine with like, like people writing stories just to make a commentary on something. I'm like, okay, can we boring? Yeah, like can we just? I want, I want some fun. Spice it up. And that's also my thing with other people who review books. They're just like, I didn't like the book because the author is is saying this, and I'm just like, how do you know that's what the, that's what you're in, inferring? Mm-hmm. Like, and or like they don't like an author because of the the author doesn't agree with me on this political stat uh, on this political like thing yeah. here like i don't care i'm Same. reading it to be entertained yeah like if it's super bad i might not support it but like again it, i'm reading to be entertained exactly but... yeah if for me if the book entertained me i have no questions mm. i mean commentary no qu- i don't care yeah entertain me and i'll be satisfied yeah. well i mean and and i for the people out there who would be like well no if an author is quote unquote problematic then you shouldn't be reading them i'm like okay then stop watching all of hollywood everyone's problematic everyone is problematic in their own way Exactly. Not, you're never gonna find yeah. somebody that you totally agree with on every on every single stance. So if you're really bothered by certain authors, 
don't watch any movies. Don't watch any TV shows. Because the producers on those TV shows probably have sexual misconduct in their past. Yeah. You you cannot, you can't draw those lines with authors. Exactly. You can't, like... I'll, I'll, I'll get off my high horse there. I'll get yeah. off my soapbox. We need we need to have a different podcast, <laughs> yeah. and it would be on art and versus artists. Yes, for sure. There's sure. so much to talk about it. Yeah, but anyway, we'll move on. We'll move on. But that that's like one of my pet peeves is when people. I understand. I I have the same thing. I'm like, yeah. sometimes okay. So if I ask someone, did you like the movie, and they will like, you know, give me a general answer about a director or something like, but yeah. like, what about the movie? But the movie. Did you like the, the movie. movie? The movie. Did you watch it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the movie. Like, like the whole argument, like Aquaman and Amber Heard, uh-huh. and all of that, and all of that stuff that happened. Like, I thought Aquaman was lackluster. It was fine. I liked Jason Momoa. Do I like Amber Heard as a person? Absolutely not. She can she can rot for all I care. But Jason Momoa. But Jason Momoa. <laughs> I mean, come on. I'm still gonna watch Aquaman. Not of because course. of Amber Heard, but because of Jason. Like, come on. Exactly. <laughs> Who needs a story? Who needs a movie that's Jason Momoa? My sister loves him. Yeah. Anyway, moving, moving on for real. For real this time. <clears throat> okay. So, uh, Alex's life, before we met her, it's it's full of violence, addiction, poverty, and there's this really heavy focus on sexual violence and violence against women, like, throughout Alex's history and then throughout what happened with Tara and Mercy at Yale. Like, there's just a really, there's a kind of heavy, like, there's violence throughout the entire book, but the sexual violence against women is kind of pulled to the forefront, I think in a couple of different aspects. Like the first time we really see a gray in a bad aspect is he's trying to rape mm-hmm. um a galaxy when she's 12 in a bathroom. Um and like we just see this really nasty portrayal of of like women um of like violence against women and all that kind of stuff. And um then Later, at the end, when Daisy slash Bellbomb, you know, they're the same person, when she's explaining why she did what she did to the other wheelwalkers, who happen to be women, of course, so, like, you know, they're, the other wheelwalkers, she argues that she was left with no choice because of the society that she lived in at the time was so hard against women, they couldn't make their own way in the world against all these horrible things done against them, and so she had to make her own way in the world by eating other women's souls. Like, really? You have to you have to go and eat other women, and Alex makes the point, women who are worse off than you because they don't have your monetary status. They're yeah. brown. They're, they're, they were either slaves or servants or they didn't have that monetary status that Daisy had because her family was well off and she was about to marry this rich, this rich uh, business person. But Daisy's trying to be like, I had to because I'm a feminist and so I have to overcome the world that the men made for me. I don't know why I switched to a random southern accent, but you know. Um, And so Alex challenges her and she's like, you can't create a a feminist manifesto off of, like, by your crimes. You, You cannot turn your crimes into a feminist manifesto because the world you lived in was hard against women. Absolutely. Amen, Alex. Amen, Alex. And so, like, how does... 
how does this portray how a legitimate movement, like a feminist movement or something like that, can be so can be twisted? Like Daisy twisted it. How like in your opinion, how do, how does this does do you think this does a good portrayal of how things can be twisted? Do you think it does a bad portrayal? Do you not see the portrayal like that? You know what? It's it's good by how it's bad. Okay. All right. So Okay, okay, okay. I will uh, Yeah. Like Can I get political a little Go bit? Ahead. Okay. I stepped on a high horse. Right. I, I stepped I stepped on a soapbox about Hollywood and uh everything. So go ahead. So I I, I I'm a Ukrainian, right? I'm yeah. a refugee. I fled from war, um, invasion by Russia. If I have learned anything about things like propaganda mm -hmm. in the last you know, two years of my life is that the more stupid it is, <laughs> the more powerful it is. Okay. Yeah. Like, it's just, I, I can't wrap my mind sometimes around like things that some people believe because they are so, the things are so illogical and so dumb and that people believe it. So I honestly like, Looking at her arguments, Daisy's yeah. arguments, yeah. I'm like, they're illogical. They're logical. They're dumb. They're downright just like ridiculous. But by that, that's why they're good. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Like, okay. Okay. with with yeah. things like that, twisting movement, you don't need much. You don't need much skimming. You just need people who don't think yeah. to listen to it. Yes. That's it. That's yeah. all you need. So yeah, I mean, it's yeah. bad by how it's good and it's good by how it's bad yeah, yeah. <laughs> i guess like so do you th you think it's like an accurate portrayal of like how things can get twisted I, yeah i think it is i i, I think it is okay. an accurate portrayal i i mean unfortunately that's how it is in the world it's dumb yeah but it's dumb in the real world as well oh, yeah, of course, yeah you know because like <laughs> i i also like uh, give the side note how um you know i i write books right yeah, as yeah. all people who talk about stories pretty much right yeah. right very yeah. very corny anyway i'm like i so much stress about world building and things yeah. making sense especially right. if i go into politics or movements and you know like i write yeah. like sci-fi speculative fiction about like future societies and stuff yeah and like what might be politically yeah. and then like i look at the real world and i'm like eh, i think i overstress you know, yeah, like, like you're thinking, like I overthought that people are not that smart. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I should just like bring bring it down and not. Yeah, a little you know, so like, what I'm saying is that is a genius the way it's written. Nah, it's no. very basic. It's dumb, but, but it's, it's really accurate. accurate. Yeah. Yes, it is accurate because in the real world, that's how it works. Unfortunately, yeah. it's really yeah. sad. You agree with that, right? Yeah, yeah. No Daisy is stupid. I thought yeah. she was just... Um... I was waiting for this really good explanation. Once we found out who she was, I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome. This uh -huh. explanation is going to be so cool. I was let down and by then, that. And then when she turns out to be like what she was, I was so disgusted. I was like, really? You find out, like, you know that you have these powers mm -hmm. and, and you just decide that because somebody, because a gray crashed into you and we know that it was part of the societies back when they didn't have oversight yeah. that they had, Killed a hobo. No more dead hobos. NMBD. <laughs> no more dead hobos yeah. or DB. Um, 
no more dead hobos. We know that they had picked somebody up, and they and and the the spirit of that that gray that they killed crashed into Daisy because she had already she had been expanding her powers. Like up until this point, Alex throughout her whole life has been avoiding her powers at all costs. Daisy had not been doing that throughout her life. She had been communing with with Grays on the side. She she knew what her powers were. She knew she could pull strength from the Grays. And so when she this thing crashed in her body, she pushed it out, and then it goes into um, a bridegroom. Yeah, the bridegroom. Bridegroom. The bridegroom. <laughs> I can't remember what is happening. North. 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 Yeah. North. It goes north. into north, and then he uh, kills both of them because he's infested with this gray, and he's yeah. not actually the one. So they basically the gray kills them. The and gray kills them basically. I... And then she hated mad. Her. I hated her for yeah. that. I hated because she was mad at him for yeah. what she did to him. I know. And then for centuries. For centuries, she's she, taking it out on other women. On other women. And on this poor guy's soul. I know. Like she's torturing him. Yeah. She was like, I watched you going yeah. to that place searching she's for just, me. Yeah. And I'm like, you twisted evil gargoyle. Uh, yes. Like, no remorse for you. Yeah. It's your fault. Right. In the north, honestly. And he didn't even know what no, happened. No, he couldn't. No, under, he no he was confused. For I'm like, how can you do that to a person? Well, yeah, and and. I and and then like North is trying to protect her. He's like, you don't know the girl she was, and Alex is just like, no, you didn't know who she yeah, was. Yeah, you didn't know who she was, and that's okay that you didn't know who she was. But you can't protect her now. She's gonna get what she had coming yeah. to her by eating these girl souls and keeping them captive. And on account of her eating the girl souls, yeah, no, she what when in the question you say that. She, and she says, right? Yeah. Daisy says, I had no choice. Like, yeah, you did. Every single step was a choice. Yes. You, you, made, you had a choice. The wrong choice. That, that, that's a very simple answer. Like, yeah. Or like argument. Like, I didn't yeah. have a choice. Yes, there is always, there's always a, choice, a choice. At least two. There's always, it's there's a, always a choice, choice between easy and difficult. Yeah. But there is a choice. There's always a choice. Is Are, there, are, the, are the options always good options? Absolutely not. She could have chosen to go into the next, it, across the veil and stop living, but she didn't want to. She felt like she was owed. And so she decided to take other people's chances away from them. I mean, if, okay, if you're going to do that, at least bring something cool in the world. I mean, yeah. at least do something with your life. If you're going to live for centuries and be a boring snob woman, just like, for what? Just die. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like I mean, what's the point? Yeah. What's the point? Yeah. So oh, that's horrible. That's not yeah. horrible, but anyway. So I think part of the part of the next question, I think we've both answered it already. Is Daisy a victim or a villain? I think she's totally a villain here. She is a villain. She's not a victim. No. I mean, the aspect of her being killed because a gray crashed into her because of what the Yale houses were doing, that I can see where there might be victimhood in that. Because the gray crashed into her, she freaked out. She put it. She pushed it out. It went into North. North killed them both because there was a gray infest in in like, um, possessing him. So she was killed not by actions of her own, um, but what she did afterwards, turned her into a villain. Like her death was not her fault, because she didn't 
actively be like, oh, I'm pushing the gray into north. She was just trying to get it out of herself. She was like, this was not invited. I don't have control of this. Get this out of here. And then it went in, it hopped into north instead of her. And she, I don't think she knew that was going to happen. Yeah. And so in that aspect, I think she was like a victim. But in the rest of everything, villain all the way. Well, in all the way. Yeah, after she died, she was just a villain. Yeah. I yeah I absolutely agree yeah she died as a victim of this accident yeah. but now no more than that yeah yeah um yeah and then the next question is it possible to be both I mean we kind of see it a little bit in Daisy like at first I felt a little bad I was like oh Alex is both Alex is both. Alex is both villain and a victim she yeah. she is like a huge huge portrayal of that yeah like so much better than daisy she does um you know and like not just that she does things and you say she does things like reacting to the way like people treat her yeah a lot of that but the way she thinks about people yeah like as if they're things yeah she uses people yeah um yeah she's but not the, apologizing about it she no knows, and she knows too she knows and she knows it and sometimes she doesn't like just like passing thoughts that she yeah. has she is a villain mm-hmm. and by the end of second book she's she starts being a little bit more soft i would say yeah uh Do so you think that's because of her her relationships that she's built yeah i'm pretty think- sure it's because she saw that like when trip and mercy and uh, you know turner they kind of they became friends in yeah. the second book all of them and they were good friends they it were wasn't good like friends Len and yeah Sasha and helly that they were all just dragging each other down and exactly. he was never a friend to her Len yeah never yeah for her he was using her exactly so that's all she's ever known is that contractual relationship so until the end of the second book she's a very good portrayal of what it's like to be both the victim and the villain yeah at the same at the same very same time yes yeah Yeah, because there is so much in her life where i'm just like oh man that's horrible i feel so bad for you but at the same time you're not making great decisions here girlfriend not great decisions she's very judgmental of 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 people and she is very like negligent she doesn't care if somebody dies or it's just another day yeah it's just another day which i think is i think it speaks to her to her background too it's just like that's how she, that's how it was for so for so many years with being a drug addict, drug addict. She's just like, oh yeah, and that person's gone. So, I guess I better move on with my life. You know, Probably but yeah, yeah, I think we see that. How often this is this is gonna go, um, kind of talking to Daisy, kind of talking to Alex, and like how they're how they're contrasted. Because like you said, Alex is a really good portrayal of both victim and villain whereas daisy yeah she was a victim for a second for like a split second and mm-hmm. then she immediately turned villain how do you think that that parallel that we see there or that i guess not parallel that dichotomy that difference that we see between the mm-hmm. two of them how often do you feel that women are placed in the role of a villain due to forces outside of their control like what so like like, um, I think, because I didn't write this question, I and you're going to have to forgive me, people. I do not remember where I got this. I found it on Google, this question. So this is not my own question. Okay. I, I write a lot of questions by myself, but this question I did not write by myself. Okay. Um, so you're going to have to forgive me. I can't, I don't know who to credit this question to. <laughs> um, but I think they were going off of the whole 
you know, I think I think what they were I think they were feeling a little bit more sympathetic to Daisy than we are. Oh, poor things. Oh, poor things. Yeah, I, 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 I think they were feeling a little bit more sympathetic to Daisy than we are, and how like women are often forced into a villain role outside of their own control. And this is throughout a lot of media. Like we see women being portrayed as villains for things outside of their control. Like we see it like with with Alex. There's things outside of her control that are like she didn't she has no control over the fact that she's a wheel walker and she can see grace and so her whole life has been this horrible running from this thing that she can see she can see but nobody else can see and so then she turns to drugs to try and hide it which is not a good decision but like it like she's trying to to but that could be true of a boy too well yeah like any human oh yeah yeah like but with that yeah I think it. I think what the person in the question was trying to say is that a lot of the times in media, uh, in media, we see the women being portrayed that way. That's true. That's true. It's much, much more it's much often more that to see the mm-hmm. woman portrayed as yeah. a villain outside of their if things in their control, whereas a guy would be like, "Oh, oh yeah, poor you're thing, poor yeah, thing. You're that's just true, misunderstood." That's true. Yeah. Whereas a woman is just. Like, I feel like even more. with I feel like even with these books, like yeah. like Darlington is like yeah, like Darlington's not great. He's not great, but it's like, oh, darling, the golden boy of Lethe, the gentleman. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then Alex is like, ah, you. You wish. Yeah, I was going to say another (laughs) word, but thank you for saving me. (laughs) I was going to spell it, but. um, It's okay. okay. (laughs) Anyway. um, Yeah, absolutely. It feels like, I mean. I mean, we see it a lot in, in media. I mean. Like even the Scarlet, even the Scarlet Witch, even Scarlet Witch, and and like if you look at like, I think a good portrayal of it in, in um, madness, the yeah, multiverse, of, multiverse madness. of madness okay. with Scarlet Witch, like she was making bad decisions. Like yeah, she was a villain at that point, but like it's due to forces outside of her control, like all of it. And and if if it had, been she a, was a bit dumb though. Well, yeah, but if it had been a guy villain, would she have been demonized as much? You can't tell me she would have. Um, you know what? That's a good point because actually there was a guy a parallel to Vanda. I'm curious if you'll agree. Uh, Thor, Love and Thunder, Gore, who lost his daughter and was mm-hmm. butchering everyone. Yeah. And then in the end, it's kind of in a similar sense because he was doing it for his daughter. Like because she of was his doing daughter, it for his son, for her sons, exactly. So yeah, it's like same ish. But like Scarlet Witch gets a lot more hate for it rather than whatever. His and War gets redemption at the end. Yeah, and Scarlet Witch. I mean, yeah, she kind of she. Gets well, she gets crashed by a. She gets cave. redemption because she kills herself. Like yeah, she's that, like, I feel like that's not great redemption. Well, that's <laughs> same for, for for Gore. He sacrifices himself and asks for his daughter's life instead. Mm. But yeah, I yeah I agree absolutely. And you know what? Another annoying thing about this is that I always feel very like on the verge. I think maybe okay. Let me do this because mm-hmm. this is something that's been on my heart. You know, yeah. How uh, something similar happens with like emotional range. Like both women and men are emotional. Yeah. But if you like a woman becomes emotional, she's hysterical. Yeah. When a man is like oh. Emotional, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's so annoying. Yeah, I'm like, because I've heard several very annoying times in my life. Oh, you believe that just because you're a woman and you're emotional, it's like, exactly, it's like, dude, 
Like, do you know how many times a man has lost his temper on me and I'm not allowed to lose my temper back because then I would be in the wrong? Exactly. No. Exactly. So, yeah, absolutely. I think I think that women have the worst stick end of the stick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think I think she did a really good job portraying that. <laughs> if, that's, yeah. if that's what she was going for, I think she Leigh did a good, good, good job. Good job. Yeah, we love you. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, what did you think of that moment when Alex discovered that Lethe knew about her powers and her struggles as a child, and they did absolutely nothing? So my favorite moment, as I said, page 112 and 13 in my copy of the book was when when she lashed out on Darlington. Yes, that was such a good moment. That was my favorite moment of, like, nothing has topped the satisfaction of that moment when she lashed out, like, where were you? And when he, he I loved them both in that scene equally. Because, because he, he didn't try and justify it. He was it. like, hey, do you want to break this plate? Yeah, you know? he didn't even try to justify it. He was just like, he just kind of sat there and was like, yeah. yeah, we failed as like, and it wasn't his fault. He was a child too at the time, but you know, he, he had the realization like, yes, they failed. They should have done better. Let's break their shit. And, and that's, that's another. So yeah, I, I, I felt that they were just, you know, spying on her to see if they can use her. Yeah. And she wasn't a human being for her. No. And I don't, yeah. I also like, I don't know. It's kind of hard to blame them. Okay, so I might sound harsh, but maybe because I've uh, because of what I've gone in my life, but like what I've gone through. But sometimes I look at things and I'm like, yeah, things are f u c k e d up, yeah. you know. And sometimes that's the way they are. Yeah. And like for me personally, like a place like these houses at Yale. Like, if they were a real thing, like, all the magic and stuff. I'm yeah. like, what would you expect from them? Yeah. Like, they won't go to daycares and pick no. out kids and help them out. Like, right. I'm like... That's not how the world works. Ex exactly. But it's also not how this place will work. And yeah. these people, like, of course they didn't care about her. Of course they would use her as an object. Of course. Like, for yeah. me, I wasn't like, they should have done this or that. You know, yeah. like... Yeah. I was like, yeah... Like, yeah. they're I just still, horrible I, people yeah. who do horrible stuff. Of yeah. course they didn't care. And and then, but then her anger is just so... Satisfying. Brilliant. It, it is real. Satisfying in that moment. Like, where were that you? That moment? Well, because that moment was really, brilliant. Yeah, well, because that's when we first see, like, books. Alex realizing my life could have gone a completely different direction if I had just known... known. Just known if like, I a couple just, of things. Yes. And this, okay, so I work with kids on the spectrum. Mm -hmm. So often we see boys being diagnosed with autism more than girls. And it's part in due to the to the research that was done early, early on. It was only ever done on boys. So the criteria was written for how autism looks in boys. Um, and so the research never looked at girls because at first they were like, oh, it only affects boys. Girls can't be affected by this. <laughs> it so affects only, differently. It affects it differently. So autism in girls looks completely different. And so to this day, there are so many women that are in their 20s, 30s, finding out, like finally getting answers like, 
this is why this is why I am the way I am. Mm -hmm. It's not because it's not because I'm heartless. It's not because I'm rude. It's not because I'm a terrible person. It's because I don't understand social situations because I literally have a different neurotype than, than people I'm neurodivergent. And so I feel, I feel really, I felt so strongly for Alex in this because she was like, if I had just known, just had information, if I just had the information, my life yeah. would have been different because I see this so often with people in that, in, in the neurodivergent community, yeah. like the women who are finding out their diagnosis is so late in their life. They're just like, if I would have just known this growing up, I could have, my life could be different. I, I might not have as much mental health struggles as I do now. I might not have all these issues that I do now yeah. because I didn't know. That's such an important point. I so much agree. That was the aspect that I agree, like that I liked the most that stood out to me the most is that her anger, it was just very well written. And as I said, that was my favorite moment. It was, I, yeah, reread that a couple of times. That was the moment that I reread. I was like, this is good. I reread that moment and I, I, I reveled in that moment. I loved that moment. And then I reveled in and I loved the moment when Alex went total badass bitch on Blake Keeley and literally made him eat shit out of a toilet because of what he did to Mercy. I I know it's really messed up. Yeah, that was a really messed up scene. That was. I didn't care because I knew what he had done to Mercy. And I was just like, absolutely not. Get him. Get that. Get that horrible creature out of here. And get... Yeah, I, I was... I loved that scene so much. And maybe that makes me a bad person. But I, I really reveled in that scene because I was like, yes, Alex get revenge for your get revenge for your friend because nobody else will nobody else nobody else is gonna is gonna call blake to blake healing to heal you're the only one who can in this moment there was this question oh yeah the sixth one so i'll kind of comment on blake uh, keely a little bit in answering the next question Uh yeah because they are kind of they're kind of he's in that same group with them like just you know yeah let's just yeah yeah um, after the next question, okay. I do the next question. Yeah. Okay. So two more left. Yeah. Two more left okay. in, in ninth house and then, and then hell, and then we'll start on Hellbent. But yeah, okay. Mm. I, I think we're making actually pretty good time on this, you know? Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Next question. <clears throat> do you find it interesting that the main villains in the story are human? Because, like, going into fantasy, you kind of expect, like, I I kind of expected the main villain to be, like, a demon or a ghost or something like that. And they were all human. Like, it was Sandow. It was Dean Sandow. It was Blake Keeley. It was it was Tara Hutchins and, and Scroll and Key. It was, it was humans that were the main villains. Yeah. Not, like, the greys were just kind of there. There was no demon influence in Ninth House. Yeah, I, um... I didn't find it. I found it like, yeah, of course, because of my expectations. Mm. I didn't know that they were supposed to be demons or anything. I'll also tell you this in Hellbent when the vampire appeared. Oh, you were just like kind of. I was. I was listening. No, I was listening. I was in the bathroom. I was listening it like in my headphones. I had neighbors downstairs, and then I read through. I read. I listened to this, and then, and then she starts describing his skin, and I'm like, well. Am I reading Twilight? And then, and then, 
turns out that the, 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 the yeah the is on oh, fire. He doesn't like, sparkle, girl. I literally screamed like we are having a <laughs> like it was just like I don't know what my neighbors thought, so but funny. it was like I was like on top of everything a vampire. Shut up. But yeah, when I was going into ninth house. I had uh, like an expectation, not an expectation. I thought it was all about people. So oh, okay. when I so didn't kind of know expected it to be all humans. Yeah, I didn't know it could be other than oh, people. Okay. So for me, it was just like it wasn't interesting in the sense that it was other than what I expected. Okay, I thought it was interesting mainly because like fantasy. Yeah, because okay. like I go, in, I went into it going like honestly, I think I was kind of expecting it to be turned into like Yale. But, like, a little bit of Harry Potter, like, going in. Because, mm-hmm. like, they talked about the ninth houses in the society. So, I'm like, oh, so so are these going to be houses like Harry Potter? Like, <laughs> Slytherin? Are we going to have, like, everybody knows about magic? Ten points for scrolling keys. Yeah, <laughs> like, are we going to find out that everybody knows about magic? And, and like, is, is it just that Yale is, like, is this a parallel? Like, is this a different Earth? Than what we have now. I mean, yes, obviously, because there's magic. But, like, is this a different Earth? Like, realm. Like, realm, kind of, like, where it's called Earth. But, like, everybody knows that there's magic. Everybody has magic. And this is Yale there. And so, like, I wasn't sure what to expect with that. So, I thought, honestly, I thought, especially going into it, I was just like, oh, so maybe there's, maybe, like, the ghost is going to be the, maybe a ghost is going to be a big bad. Maybe there's going to be some other force that's going to be a big bad. So I wasn't sure what to expect because I'm so used to fantasy where it's other creatures. It's not necessarily humans that are the big bad evils. And maybe yeah. that's just because of the of the books I read. But, like, I, I was, I kind of liked it in a way that they were humans that they were humans because it's so interesting to see how like often fantasy books portray terrible terrible deeds done by other creatures and so then it gives humans a pass yeah like humans can't aren't humans, capable of those things capable of when they are things, capable they of those offer. things i think another book that really does a good job of that and, and this is another book that we'll discuss on the podcast not you and me but uh, it'll be discussed on the podcast is the poppy war mm-hmm. and how humans are so like it just kind of portrays that really well too but i i feel like i don't get enough of that in books sometimes where it like really shows like yeah humans are humans are shitty people people are terrible and yeah, like I think I think honestly, a lot of the times, and I I guess this is part of that entertainment factor. Like people don't want to think about that; they want to be entertained, they want to be removed from their world, so they don't want to think about that. But I think this was, I I liked it because I feel like I don't get it enough in books. I feel like people get a pass. Yeah, I mean, I didn't find it anything else than I expected, but I also agree that it's very cool that she had humans as villains in the story because uh yeah because humans are shitty you know what are you gonna change opinion you look you you've got a look on your face I (laughs) still not everyone wants to see my look on the face but they can Uh anyway um no I I agree this is cool I just okay the fact that the the villains are humans is cool. I just didn't like the villains 
Like, they were very cartoonish for me, if I'm mm. honest. Like, yeah, I get they it. had the villain mon- monologues. Yeah. They had, like, oh, look at me. It's, it was like Sandow was just giving his speech. Like, and then I was this bad. And then I was this bad. And then I was this bad. <laughs> and then this blum blum woman comes in, Daisy, and she's like, no, listen to me. I was better. I was better and worse and worse. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, I keep talking about everything. And, like, Alex didn't even ask them things. They would tell her. and they just reme- told her. You know, and remember when that happened? That's because I did this and this. Huh? Huh? Check it out. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. I mean, that kind of lends itself to the whole, like, mystery, mystery trope thing that was going on. Like, how... I feel like it happens a lot in, like, like the old... Sherlock Holmes books and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but that was like yeah. kind of really good. I know the villain yeah. monologue was a little much, but two of them, one after another, right? <laughs> like that's what I mean. I mean, at least Bellbaum killed Sandow before she gave her a monologue. It was like you killed Sandow. Uh, it was a group effort. It was a group effort. <laughs> it was yes. your favorite line. That's fantastic. Yes, I remember that. Episode. Very good. Line. That was great. <laughs> okay. Next. Okay. How did you feel when you discovered that Alex, with the help of Heli, murdered the men at Ground Zero? Do you think it was justified? And do you think Alex should be brought to justice? What do you think? So, I I mean, obviously she did something wrong. And if we're really looking at this outside of entertainment factor that this is a book, you know, whatever. Um, obviously, yeah, she killed people. She probably should be brought to justice. Okay. Moving aside from all that. Okay. Um, I don't know if in a court of law they would be able to find Alex guilty. If they knew all that we know, she was defending herself. Yeah. She was defending herself because we know that Ariel was a POS that did horrible things to Heli. Yeah. And then she died as a result of those things that were done to her. Yeah. And who's to say, like, they were trying to get Heli out of there. She was a little bit hysterical. She was, she was not in her right state of mind. At the time, her best friend, her only friend at the moment, because all those other people, I would not call them friends. They were not friends. They were not friends. They were not friends. They were using her. They were abusing her. Both of them. They were abusing her. I think a court of law would be more sympathetic to her. Maybe not super sympathetic just because of how brutal the crime was, but that's only because she had Helly's strength in her. But I think the battered woman syndrome would, the battered woman, like, sentencing structure mm-hmm. would be really helpful in her defense in a true court of law but again this is a book yeah this is entertainment yeah this is not real world mm-hmm. i honestly was a little glad that she killed them okay so i'll i'll, I'll kind of add to what you just said because yeah. i agree with you yeah and like it's really hard to talk about things like that because um what they did to both uh, Heli and Alex, because it was like on a regular basis. On a regular basis. And I know Ariel was not there all the time. He was just... It, it was one, st- but, one time, and it was like a lot at one time. Yeah. But, but, but still. Okay. It, he just represented all the other men in their lives yeah. that were using and abusing them. So, 
here here's the complex answer that I'm trying to formulate in my head. On the one hand, it's really hard to say there's there's like a law, right? Justice. Yeah, like there's the, law. There's law. There's kill. also moral, like there's also like God's justice, you know, like yeah. if we think about from that perspective, it's a whole other discussion. Yeah. But answering the question, how did you feel when you discovered that Alex well, first of all, I was not surprised because it was like as I said, hint, hint. And I'm like, hint, hint, did she kill wing. them? Did, did she, she kill them? And then like, yeah. oh, yeah, of course she did. Of course, of course she, she killed them. She, I just yeah. didn't know how she did. Exactly. Yeah. It was but I was not surprised. No. Right? Yeah. So I was surprised by why. But I was, I was more surprised at, I was, no, I was more surprised at how it happened. How and why. Yeah. Yeah. But not that. Not that it happened. happened. I, I was just like, yeah. So this is what I thought. When I discovered this, this is what I thought. I was like. I'm glad that they will not be able to do it to any other girl. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Like, I... Get that filth off of the street. Yeah, I I don't, like... I mean, if I were in Alex's shoes, I feel like I would probably do the same. Like, in the very same moment, you know, and if, like, I had the same powers, I would have probably done the same. Yeah. I I can't talk on that, though, because, like, we would never know. Hopefully, we would never know. But I really felt like, oh my goodness, she just saved so many girls. Yeah. Because they would, get, if not Helly or Alex, they would continue doing, doing well, it to and, other girls. And, and they were, every, I'm, I'm sure. They were. I mean, we saw the warnings from the other girls, like, don't be alone with Ariel. Yeah. Don't be alone with Ariel. Yeah. And, so, and he was, like, under scrutiny. The only reason he was in the U.S. was because he was under she, scrutiny. Do you think things. Alex should be brought to justice? I honestly don't know. I'm just glad that, 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 that she did it because they won't be able to do it to any other girl. Because, like, yeah. would they would justice take care of them? No. You know, of the no. guy? From, from what we see of this book, no. They would no. only punish yeah. Alex. They would not do anything to the other people. Exactly. So, yeah, props to Lee Bardugo for um, uncovering the the real yeah. uh, way to... Uh, I can't see. It's kind of late. <laughs> I'm like totally three hours past my bedtime. <laughs> I'm like a little kid going to bed at 7 p.m. <laughs> right. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so, um... Overall, my thoughts, right? Yeah. On the book. Yeah. Overall thoughts on Ninth House. Retrospectively, as I said. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Retrospectively, Ninth House makes sense. Uh, retrospectively, I like a lot of aspects. There are some favorite moments. Uh, some prose was... Okay, some descriptions were like just unnecessary. I think. Yeah. <laughs> it I was think very we, heavy with descriptions. I, mean, I think we get that with some... Some write, some authors are just really heavy on description. Yeah, like, they just like their descriptions yeah. too much. Okay, well, you know, let, let yeah. it be. I, I'm sure there are people who love it, so let yeah. it be for those people. Yeah. I didn't enjoy it much. Um, the journey was tough because there was like... A learning curve that was more like climbing on the rope with mm. like very weak hands, you know, yeah. and being thrown <laughs> up and somebody kicks you like from oh, above. That, that's yeah. how it felt for yeah. me. Um, not retrospectively, but in the moment. Uh, yeah. yeah. The only beef I have with the Lee Bardugo for real though. And I think it's more with her editor though. Oh, okay. All okay. Right. It's not... into it. Okay. Because look, Lee Bardugo did write the book. Yeah. But I'm sure there were, like, a couple more people who edited it. Oh, of course. And that was their responsibility. The, the thing that I'm going to talk about is mostly their responsibility. Okay. Because, if you notice, there was a Ukrainian character in this book. 
Oh yeah, who? Sandow's secretary was a Ukrainian woman. Okay. Okay. I I bet no one noticed that, but I did. You know why? Well, of course, yeah. Because they. How do you write the name of the country in a like, in the wrong way? Did they do this? So, they well two, I two moments. To it. I haven't seen it. Yeah, I, two I, moments. I, I listened to it. They didn't spell the U- name Ukraine wrong, but they said the Ukraine, which instead is of Ukraine. instead of Ukraine, which is the Ukraine is what they used to say in Soviet Union, which was thirty-two years ago, three decades ago. It was the Ukraine. And now- Since nineteen ninety-one, all publications dropped the article there because Ukraine was not a part of the Soviet Union anymore. It was an independent country. Now the problem with that and why I was like frustrated because of two reasons. First, if it was the France or the India, the book would, would be just laughed at. Of course, yeah. I understand that they might have like not noticed it because like 32 years ago, it was the Ukraine, right? Mm -hmm. But first of all, there's Google. Second of all, the problem is, there are two more problems. Second problem is that um, uh, the Ukraine is one of the lead things in Russian propaganda. Like, that is a big thing in yeah. Russian propaganda. They say the Ukraine because they diminish our independence. Yeah, they want you to be theirs. So by saying the Ukraine, ignorantly, I hope, they join Russian propaganda. I felt like I wanted to vomit when I read that oh. as a Ukrainian. Yeah. I was like, no, okay? So that is the second problem. And the third problem, you would say, well, Julia, why would they pay attention to, you know whether they should write their Ukraine or Ukraine in 2019, the war started in 2022 when I would say no. The war started and the invasion started in 2014. Yes. So for me, I'm like, I wholeheartedly hope that it was an ignorant mistake and that it was not joining Russian propaganda. Yeah. You would hope. I would hope, and I really hope that they will just notice the mistake and correct it, all right? Um, But there was another thing that this Ukrainian, okay, this Ukrainian character's name was Yelena, which is a Russian name. We don't have name Yelena, we have Olena, all right? So there was a Ukrainian character from the Ukraine whose name was Yelena. I was like... Okay, do everything the same, but say Russian character from Russia, Yelena. I have no problem with it. Yeah. She had Rusalka, she had Matryoshka. A lot of Russian stuff in there. Don't, you know what I mean? Like, Uh I felt really weird. And I mean, like, I don't want to say like, oh, they're bad people. I just really hope that it was an ignorant mistake. But I also want to say it out loud like that because I feel like it's my responsibility I googled online, there's no talk about it, no people notice it, because people probably just don't know about it. But here's here's my last thing that I want to say about it, is that, and why I want to talk about it, is that for me, as a Ukrainian, when I read that, I was like, I was trying to justify why they did it, why they didn't check. And the only reason, unfortunately, that I can think of is that they didn't consider Ukraine important enough to double check on it. They just assumed, and like subconsciously, they just assumed and they didn't think twice. And 
it's kind of like a disrespect of a thing. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, ah, whatever. It is ignorance, but I've seen ignorance lead to, you know, cities destroyed. Yeah. And it's very important to say. So, that's the only beef I have, and it's not with Lee Bardugo, necessarily. It's more for ed- editors. Editors. I mean, editors, you get money for that. And also, remember how I said that I went to library to get the audiobook, the MP3 thing? Oh, yeah. Because I didn't want to pay for audible version? Yeah. Because I was like, I don't want to spend another dollar on it. I already bought Ninth House. I already bought Hellbent. I'm like, I'm not paying them because the editors didn't do their job. You know what I mean? I hope, no, honestly, I hope that they will um, make these additions, new additions, very beautiful, right? And they will just like cross that there. And they change the name to Olena, please. Or just make it Russian instead of Ukrainian, if you want to keep it. Either or. So, yeah, for me, I would rather it be Russian character Yelena than butchered Ukrainian name and name of the country. For me, I'd be like, do your Russian thing. Yeah. Just don't join Russian propaganda against Ukraine. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 And like you said, I, like, there's, there's, like, I... I now, like I said, I, I, I was listening to it, so I did not catch it. I think I most didn't people catch didn't catch it. I think oh. most people in America, they don't like it's well, not so don't know. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I don't even expect people to know. That's yeah. how I'm talking about it, because like people don't know and it's OK. But like for real. Yeah. In Russian language. Yeah. Because I understand Russian. I speak Ukrainian and I speak Russian. I understand Russian in Russian language. There is the distinction also that's very similar to the Ukraine, Ukraine, and it sounds like um, na Ukraini, v Ukraini. Same thing. And when they say, when you say v Ukraini, you mean that it's a country, it's 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 a state, like well, it's like a it's nation. Yeah, it's independent. If you say na Ukraini, you imply that it's territory that is occupied by these people ah so it's like saying Russians say now ukraini only they uh-huh. don't recognize it as v- ukraini as if we're an independent state uh-huh. and so the ukraine ukraine is same like when you say the ukraine you join russian propaganda that they brainwash people in their country of believing that ukraine is not an independent nation or state and state mm. And it's very serious because, like, I've seen my home, like, my country being destroyed because of ignorance. And that's what I was talking about when we were talking about, you know, something stupid, silly, and simple like that. Something so simple. Yeah, ignorance could lead to so much trouble. So people don't be ignorant. You know, if, 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 um, yeah, if you are ignorant, just don't. (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's that's you know do my research my, my my yoda life advice yeah. don't be don't be ignorant don't be, don't be ignorant no.